Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about what birth moms are looking for in hopeful adoptive families. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad and here to host this podcast, which is all about domestic infant adoption. We're covering all sorts of things about domestic adoption that's going to help you shorten the time, decrease the cost of your adoption journey, and make it less stressful for you to reach the dream of becoming parents. So thank you for joining me. I hear from so many of you about the show, how it's helped you on your journey, and I just want to let you know, I just want to say thank you, really, because those emails, those messages, they mean a lot to me. It keeps me motivated, keep the show going, uh, and please share the show with anyone else you may think that may help them with domestic infant adoption. And today's show is very, very special to me personally because we have Libby Denniston on. She has been very, very helpful to me and my wife personally on our journey to become parents. She works for Lifetime Adoption Center, and she's here to share her experience, her direct experience with, with birth moms and women who are considering an adoption plan for their baby. Because really, it's difficult for us, hopeful adoptive parents, to understand where these women are coming from and what they want and what they want or what they're looking for in a hopeful adoptive family. And especially when it comes down to profiles and how the whole ado- open adoption experience works. You know, we, we struggle how to figure out how to make our profile and we struggle to figure out what open adoption looks like. And so I'm really encouraged and I'm inspired to bring Libby on because she, you'll hear how how heart, her heart for adoption is just special. And she gives so much wisdom and understanding and through a lot of years of experience on helping us understand um, what birth moms really are looking for in hopeful adoptive families. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview. I had a blast doing it with her. We're actually going to split it up into two parts. So this is part one. And I'm going to talk to her so long, I, I didn't want to make this uh, over an hour long podcast. So we split it up into two. So you have two episodes of Libby and I talking about birth moms and what they're looking for and hopefully adoptive family. So enjoy the interview. This is part one. We'll give part two here pretty soon. Here you go. All right, today we are talking with Libby Denniston, who is the Outreach Coordinator for Lifetime Adoption Center, which has been dedicated to bringing couples and birth parents together since 1986. Libby has been working directly with hopeful adoptive families and birth parents for many years, and she really has an amazing heart for all those involved in adoption. She helps families reflect themselves through their adoption profiles, and she loves meeting with birth birth moms and offering them support and You know, another thing you need to know about Libby is that she is the adoption webinar queen. She hosts Lifetime's awesome free webinar series at adoptionteleconference.com where they share adoption success stories. They have Q&A sessions and they discuss just a ton of informational adoption topics. So welcome, Libby. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Tim. That that was a generous introduction. I could go. I don't on. know about I don't know about Queen, but it's certainly something that we've grown <laughs> because of the demand for more information on on the topic of all things adoption. Well, I've listened to a lot of the webinars, and I think you are the queen of it. You guys, you do an amazing job with that. So, good. <laughs> Thank I, you. Yeah, thanks for doing that too. I mean, you really do a lot of good work for people. And you know, actually, the one more thing I want the folks to know about you, and this is a very special episode for me personally because 
my wife Tish and I, we've worked with Libby throughout two adoptions with Lifetime, and now we're on our third. And to say that Libby has helped us through our journey to build our family would be a huge understatement. I mean, Libby really is our rock. She's the person we go to. Uh, we've learned more from her than anybody else in the adoption world. And we just had more heart-to-heart conversations with her. And she's helped us through some big hurdles on our journey more than anybody else. So I, before we go any further, I just want to say thank you, Libby, for what you've done for us, for our kids, for our family, because you've helped us build our family. And so you're part of our family. We feel like you're part of our family. So we thank you in private, but I just want to make sure here publicly, I want to say thank you for, so everybody knows how just how awesome you are. Thank you. I'm probably if we were doing video, my face would be red because that's <laughs> incredibly humbling. Um, but to me, it's precious. So we just went through, November is National Adoption Awareness Month. And we just went through National Adoption Day and got to reflect on so many of the adoption stories that we've shared just on our webinars. But we know there are so many other stories out there that just haven't been recorded in an audio. And it's so, it's just so neat to think how even Facebook has grown our connection as professionals and adoptive parents or birth parents because when they when adoptive parents or anybody who's even considering adoption adds me on Facebook and then years down the road you're seeing the photos of them having milestones with their children or reaching different goals in their future it it does start to feel like family so i really appreciate that you feel like that because that's how we feel at lifetime too i would say every single one of us um it's it's so personal to us each person that we help becomes somebody on our prayer list or in our hearts or somebody that we're bragging about or helping, um, that it's just, it's very unique. It's very unique field to have this kind of connection with people. Yeah. You guys do an amazing job. And I remember when we went to see you after our daughter was placed with us oh, back in, oh boy, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we went to see you uh, there at your, um, office, which is uh, really like a home really out in California and you held our daughter and and we have a picture of you holding her and in the background behind you is the wall of all the pictures of all and not not all the babies that you've ever placed or helped place but there's a ton of them so it was just Mm -hmm. a really precious picture for us because you're you're holding her with with a wall of photos behind you it's really cool all Thank right. You. Anyway, I just want to make Good. sure I share I that with everybody that. <laughs> that, that you're a very special guest because you're part of our, our, our family and our how we've been able to adopt. So here, okay, so today we want to, I, the reason I wanted to bring you on, because not only your heart for adoption is just so uh, amazing, but I think you have such a good connection with adoptive families and uh, prospective birth moms that we really want to cover how we can um, better understand birth moms and what they want to know, what who they are, uh, especially when it comes down to adoption profiles and connecting with them, and then also through open adoption, which can be a scary concept. It was for us. Uh, I know you kind of talked us off the ledge way back when, when my wife and I first were trying to adopt. I'm like, I don't know if we can do this open adoption thing. What is this? This is scary. And you were very, very gracious with us and talked us off the ledge and said, uh, this is something you should consider. And you're, <laughs> mm-hmm. you really did a great job of bringing us around to understanding what it is. And you really can't understand what it is until you 
actually experience it. That's what, that's what we feel anyway. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I wanted to discuss, uh, first of all, I'd like to, for you just to say really what Lifetime Adoption Center, what who they are, what they do, and what you do for Lifetime. Absolutely. Well, Lifetime Adoption, like you said, we're actually approaching our, our 30th birthday, which is exciting. I know hey. for Marty Caldwell, uh, Lifetime's founder, but for so many of us to reflect on all of those years and what it's meant to training us and allowing us to give more of that and to promote more awareness and and reach more people. And a big part of my role at Lifetime, um, I've been doing this now for 10 years, which I can hardly believe, um, seems like a blink, but um, it's amazing how many people, and I'm sure, Tim, you probably recognize this because of the need for the resources you're creating, but so many people still misunderstand adoption today. Even if we're talking about the different types of adoption, I mean, Lifetime is familiar with open adoptions because we're working within the U.S. with women who are typically pregnant with a a child they weren't expecting or they're in a hard situation and they're looking at options to provide for that child if they feel that they are not the best fit to raise their child themselves. And they're looking for safe, loving, adoptive parents who are approved and, and open to having open to having a a personal connection that looks different for every adoption story. But even when it comes to understanding international adoption or foster adoption, there's still so many misunderstandings out there, which just makes it absolutely necessary for people to learn as much as they can, which is a big part of my role, is reaching not only adoptive parents like we are today. I know the majority of your audience are people who are are longing to add a child to their family, but also reaching the women who will consider adoption. And what Lifetime does is we work with people across the U.S. and every state now. It's amazing. And part of what I do is just help to make sure that people really understand what adoption is so that they can decide what's best for them. And that goes on both sides. I will often tell people who are thinking about adopting a child that it's okay if they decide a certain type of adoption is not for them or if adoption in general is not for them. The same thing goes with birth mothers is for them to understand what it really is like. So then they can decide, is this what I want to do for my child and for my future is this the story I want to create and education is so key to that I mean that's really what what Lifetime's founder Marty Caldwell she hammers that down is education is power Um, and especially when it comes to adopting a child you want to make sure the process is as smooth and safe as possible and the only way to make that happen is through information and really understanding and so like you were saying earlier that a lot of people misunderstand the concept of a birth mother and certainly when it comes to open adoption because so much has changed with the way adoption goes for these women. Um, One of my roles is actually to help train the people who are working with pregnant women, such as doctors, teachers, uh, pregnancy clinics, um, even, even volunteers who might be at, at school counseling facilities. Uh, We, 
it really stretches everywhere. If you come in contact with a woman facing her pregnancy options, we've reached out to them. But one of the big misunderstandings is that a lot of the people serving these pregnant women still come from an older generation that had a different type of adoption. And so I think that that's also sort of a leap that comes when adoptive parents are coming to learn more about the type of adoption they want to create is that they themselves are probably still living among generations in their own family, in their own circles, or they themselves may have been raised in a time since an average adopted parent these days is late 30s and 40s. Um, they're, they're coming from a different understanding of adoption. So I know, I know with all heart and passion that it takes, it takes a little bit of a change of mindset just to sort of open up to the concept of what adoption is like today, but the blessings are amazing. The positives for everyone involved, when you really understand what you're getting into and you do it with open eyes and keep a little bit of a guard up so that things are safe and you're, we always say, cautiously optimistic, so you're not putting too much out there, it, it can really be beautiful. And at Lifetime, we get calls every day, emails. Uh, this weekend, actually, we have a 24-hour hotline, and I was on call. Um, we have a live chat on lifetimeadoption.com, and a woman was chatting online uh, with one of our coordinators, and then they transferred her to me because I was working the after-hours 800 number. And she had amazing questions, and it's just I love that chain, just knowing that she Googled, found Lifetime, chatted online, and then talked with a live person because it, it, to me, it sort of paints this picture of everything she's going through just to learn if she wants to choose adoption and to learn more about it. And then on the other side of that are these adoptive parents who have put themselves out there to be found. And these women are calling not only to learn more about adoption, but also to look for amazing adoptive parents who will keep their word and, and honor her as part of her child's story. I, I hope I feel like I over answered your question, no, Tim, but not um... at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great explanation. I mean, you could go on and on really about how all the things that lifetime does. And, and, and a lot of people mm -hmm. miss that, I think, because uh, unless you really do your research, you can just on the surface, see that well, lifetime helps uh, connect people together. And so they can have an adoption. Well, that's the, <laughs> they didn't even come close to uh, saying everything that Lifetime does. And and really, one of the things I love about Lifetime's website is something called Birth Mothers Share Adoption Stories. And it really goes back to what you were saying uh, on how this generation or this these in this day and age, the women that are coming to you that are thinking about making an adoption plan really, well, let me just read, I just want to read this comment. This is one from a birth mom right off of Lifetime's site. She says, making an adoption plan for my son is easily the best decision I've ever made. I sacrificed so much for this little guy, like my senior year, my body, my relationship, my family. The list could go on and on. Never in my life, though, will I regret choosing to endure the nine months to get my baby boy to a loving couple who cannot have children of their own. Through the adoption process, I've been so incredibly blessed, and I feel overjoyed knowing I gave life to a family who could not make it themselves. We all have something to be thankful for for me. It's a new family. I mean, that, man, that says, that says a lot right there. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. talks about that. I mean, that really, it's, that's, that's open adoption right there. I mean, knowing it, it's a new family. I love that. 
I think when people can hear real comments like that, real feedback from women who have completed adoptions, it makes them realize that these women aren't, they aren't typically looking for anything more than providing for their child. They love their child so much that they're willing to think outside the box and do something that may be less traditional to provide provide for a child in a way that they can't at the time. And a lot of times it's as much about that child's future, that one child they placed, as it is about maybe the goals she has for herself to get out of a certain situation, or maybe she's raising children already and she's looking at how am I going to continue providing for the children I'm already raising, paycheck to paycheck or however that looks for her. And then add a child to that is not only affecting the new child, but her family that she's already have intact. And when you hear comments like that, to me, it just warms my heart because that that right there is what I wish more people would realize about birth mothers is that when they are given the chance to freely choose adoption, number one, and they're not being told, this is the way it has to go. You know, thank heavens that the shame has been removed, even though there's still a stereotype on an unplanned pregnancy. There's still stereotypes women face. There's fears of rejection or judgment that women face. But the the shame really has lightened over the decades. And, you know, that can be a topic in itself. But um, truly, at least now she has the freedom to decide what she wants to do. And there are resources for her to, to do the plan that she thinks is best for her child. If she wants to raise her child on her own, there are so many options now for women to find local help and resources and that people are there for her. But the same thing goes if she wants to provide through adoption. And when I hear comments like, like you just read, Tim, to me, it's just so, it's so rewarding to hear that because uh, for example, I did a training last week with a pregnancy center and one of the things they kept circling back to, it was an older, an older woman. Uh, I don't remember if she was a nurse or just a counselor, but um, she kept talking about, do these women ever wish they could get their child back or that they didn't go through with it? And we kept talking about how, because it was her choice, because it was up to her how the adoption went, who adopted her baby, how things even went at the hospital. And then certainly knowing that they would let her know how her child is doing after the adoption takes place. I, I've, I've never heard a woman who was given the free choice to choose adoption come back and say, how can I get my baby back? It's it's because typically more what we hear is what you read, which are these women who move through a very difficult time and they feel the love. They feel supported by the people at Lifetime, but more so they're connecting with adopted parents who truly come to care about them. And knowing that and being able to trust that they are going to come through and be everything they promised to be for her child, it brings her so much comfort. Um, and it's... I will just say, to put it out there, my experience has been whenever you hear really negative stories about adoption, you know, don't discredit it, but always question what more is there to the story here? Mm. Because, you know, I have gotten calls from women who've 
been in tears, maybe even years after an adoption, and they have not, they've not healed from it. They've not found peace about their decision. They regret it. But if you ask them where they're coming from, there, there are a lot of things that they usually felt were out of their control. And sometimes those are even the older stories where adoption has changed now. And truly, I would say as much as we work to make sure that adoptive parents are not taken advantage of, Adoption law really serves to protect a woman and her baby and that it's it's so that she's not coerced, forced, persuaded by any means to go through with the adoption, that it's really of her free will and choice that she feels is best for her baby. So it's those stories, I think, that help to change the stereotypes that still exist from the old ways of adoption, that when people start to understand, gosh, she sounds like a sweetheart. You know, I would, I would love to be connected with a woman like that. I mean, how could I say, how could I say no to a woman who has so much faith in me raising her child? How could I deny her my compassion or, or photos of her baby as her baby grows up? It, it really turns into a personal thing. Um, a lot of times these days, there's even a friendship type relationship that looks a lot like extended family or even close friends, um, but they're healthy relationships. And that, I mean, we can dig more into that too, but that certainly is is what people come to realize. Like you said earlier, it's nearly impossible to fully grasp it until you're in the middle, until you've actually gone through with an adoption and you have, no matter the relationship after the adoption, you still had the knowledge and the connection and the awareness of what she was going through at the time when the child was placed for adoption. So it, it, most, most often we hear adoptive parents just grow a huge heart that almost surprises themselves for the, the woman who carried the child they adopted for, for the birth mother. Um, That's exactly what happened to us. Yeah. I mean, we, uh we, we went into, when we first started talking to you about open adoption, we were scared to death. And then, by the time we got to our, our son's uh, birth parents, we were, I mean, we've gone to visit <laughs> them. I mean, we've, I, we've, we talk with them. We, t- we text with them. They are, they're friends. They're our extended family. Uh, we can't imagine our life without them. And we, uh, that's, they, we want to share with them. You uh-huh. know, there's just a, we want, we want to have that relationship. We want to cultivate that relationship. And so, and we have, and that's, that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes adoption, open adoption beautiful. And I know not all stories are like that. Mm-hmm. But um, to have the information that we do about open adoption and what it can be, I think it mm-hmm. can help those stories become more and more and more the norm. There's another story. I, I'm not sure which website you were on because we have a couple places where we list stories from birth mothers and stories from adoptive parents. Um, but Adrian's story comes to mind. She is one of the recent stories that we worked uh, with a, an adoption they're an adoption education group um, out in Texas, but they did they do beautiful adoption story videos. Anyways, Adrienne's story, towards the end of her short video, she actually says, sometimes people, and this her child is nine now, her son is nine, so this adoption was almost a decade ago, and people still ask her, well, are you going to get your child back? I think sometimes because people still confuse foster care with adoption or maybe some kind of guardianship arrangement, like it's temporary. But she always says, number number one in the video, she said, I would never want to break the hearts of the people who have raised my son. Mm -hmm. I care about them. And number two, 
she doesn't want to disrupt her son's life. She gave that life to her son. Why would she come back and turn it over? And, and those are the stories I feel like help to put people's minds at ease when they're, when they're having those fears of, well, will maintaining a connection mean that my adoption is always at risk, that I could always receive a phone call or a knock on the door someday of a woman saying, okay, thanks for taking over while I couldn't. My life is all stable now and I'm ready to be my child's mom. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Can't happen. No, it can't. It's bravelove.org is what you're talking about. The, the Yes, the, I love Brave Love, yes. Oh, yeah, they, and I've shared their videos, and Adrian's story is awesome. And you were in her video, <laughs> so that's really cool. You did a great job there. That was really fun to see you in, in her video. And I actually wrote down a quote here from that video because I loved it. Uh, she says, to be, this is Adrian saying this in the video. She says, mm -hmm. to be a birth mom requires a lot of heart, and it takes a lot of strength. I didn't choose what was best for me. I chose what was best for him. I mean, that absolutely says the story. Uh, that tells what what you said there. Uh, she's making the adoption plan for her child. So, I mean, that's that shares it all. Um, and I'm glad that you're able to work with her on that and uh, to see that. They also have a comp, kind of a compilation video. It talks about just a bunch of different birth moms, and they're all kind of sharing their little bits and pieces of their story and quotes and comments that it's really powerful. I, I'll link to it here in the show notes for this episode. So anybody listening Great. to this can go and, and watch it. And I recommend you do that. Um, how often do you talk directly to prospective birth moms? You know, somebody that expected mom out there that's thinking about making an adoption plan. How often do you get to talk to them? Well, when I first started Lifetime, I was talking to them all the time because I, I was a full-time adoption coordinator and then my role sort of evolved, but I just love working with them so much. And and truly, I feel like working on the education side, and, and I also do a lot of the behind-the-scenes behind support with the team that is working directly with the adoptions, with the matches, with the people, um, but it helps so much to stay in tune with what these women are going through and considering and the questions they're asking that I can't pull myself away. So yes. at this point, um, you know, 10 years later, as my role has changed and evolved, uh, I'm still working with women at least a couple times a week. And even on, even on Facebook, um, I moderate a lot of the pages and part of the team behind, behind those. And, even the messages that we get, this is this is one thing I will share. Um, there was a couple of things that came to mind. And so here's a little kind of inside tip for those of you who are thinking about adoption. Number one, remember that these women are just as nervous as you are and that they are often just as unsure of open adoption as you may feel and that it's through talking it over and what she would like to happen and and sort of helping her imagine the possibilities that really helps her to decide do I want open adoption or do I not want it? And how do I want that to look? The other thing is that when you're online, for instance, some of you, maybe later you'll visit Lifetime Adoption's Facebook page and you'll think, there's no birth mothers on here. You know, what good is this? Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you're facing a crisis situation and certainly something as as private as a as an unplanned pregnancy, or if you're struggling to continue raising the children you're already parenting, you are not usually going to be posting on public pages that you need help. That's right. 
they are private messaging us. They are they are working with us confidentially. And so sometimes even just through the back end messages with Facebook, even that I'm in contact with these women who are just researching it. And one of the coolest things that I have seen change over the years, and maybe it really hasn't changed so much as now we're just able to define it better, what was happening all along. But a lot of women don't really know how they feel about choosing adoption until they find just the right adoptive family. And so I say that to encourage those of you who might be on the fence because, you know, it's easy in this day and age, we hear a lot of talk about orphan rescue, and that usually pertains to either sponsoring a child overseas or adopting a child from overseas. And this concept of of rescue comes to mind when we think of adoption. And so then I think I think that sometimes adoption in the U.S., gets a little underplayed when it comes to that rescue aspect because most of the people who seek, I don't want to say most, but a lot of the people who seek out a U.S. adoption are usually looking for a newborn adoption. And there's various pros and cons to each type of adoption. But one of the coolest things that I've noticed is how much of a blessing you become to your child's birth parent. And I think adopted parents sometimes overlook that in themselves. They start feeling like, am I good enough to be chosen? Will I be noticed? Will I, you know, be found by my child's birth mother? And will she want me to raise her child? And they get a little bit of an insecurity maybe. But when you can think of, I'm putting myself out there not only to be there for a child, because let's face it, anyone who adopts, they also have their own personal desire to just add a child to their family. It's not just out of the the goodness and grace of their heart that they want to bring a child home because there's really amazing things in parenting and building a family through adoption. But you are also going to be an answer for a woman. And so what, what I see happening are these relationships through open adoption. They, they are a blessing to all involved because you're there for her in her time of need. And maybe her child never needed to be rescued out of some impoverished situation or a violent home or or something negative like you might hear in foster care or overseas adoptions but you're in a sense rescuing her the the baby's mother in a way and it's not that you're taking her in to your home and and rescuing her life but you're being an answer for her and i think it's really empowering and encouraging for adoptive parents to remember is that you could be the reason that your child's birth mom chooses adoption in general not just you so so if there's anybody out there who's just feeling you know oh there's so many amazing couples out there there's so many amazing adoptive parents just waiting to be found waiting to be chosen but to remember that you you could be the number one reason that makes a woman go from, I'm not sure about adoption to, I could make an adoption happen with people like this or with these specific people. I hope that speaks to something, Tim. And I know that you also wanted to touch today on, you know, how these, how these adoptive parents can be found by birth mothers um, and, and what they're expecting when they are looking for families. But I would say that that's, that's one of the greatest things I've found is just that women today they want to learn about the parents who are waiting to adopt right away in the research phase. They don't want to wait until they've decided, yes, I want to choose adoption and then look for families. They want to look at the whole package right away. And that 
that's really, I would say, something that I've just seen with modern day adoption just grow and grow and grow is that the adoptive parents are often the reason that these women feel comfortable choosing adoption. All right. That part one episode is just truly amazing. And I'm so thankful that Libby agreed to come on. I mean, she truly is our friend in the adoption world. Um, she has such a heart for helping people. And I I just wanted to thank her for coming back on. And I hope you really enjoyed part one. I can't wait to bring you part two because we're going to continue talking about all this amazing information about birth moms, expectant moms who are considering adoption and just the tips and, and uh, experience that Libby brings is just truly valuable for all of us. So I hope you learned a lot there. There's more to come. And uh, for the highlights of the show and links that we talk about, it's at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 39. And you can get everything you need to know there, including how to get to Lifetime Adoption Center. So I really appreciate you listening. And I hope you uh, come back for part number two and uh, you'll really enjoy it. Um, One more thing I wanted to remind you of is I'm creating an all new online training program about how to create your profile video uh, it's at adoptionprofilevideo.com. Really excited to bring it to you. It's probably going to be released in January. I haven't got to set the date yet. I will, but I wanted to let you know now so you can get on the email list and I'll tell you exactly when it's coming. So thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to my dad. <laughs>